It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah Health. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. another episode of the Crimson Corner. I am your host and Utah Utes Insider for KSLSports.com, Michelle Bodkin, and we have another great show for you today. If you missed last week's episode with David Kozlowski and his efforts to provide Salt Lake with better social health, I highly encourage you to go back and check it out. As I mentioned in my return to podcasting last week, my goal with Crimson Corner is to provide you stories and insight into former and current athletes, coaches, and everything in between with Utah Athletics, rather than constantly getting into the nitty-gritty of the numbers and stats. That goal continues this week with my next guest. This story has been years in the making. In fact, if you followed my work on Ute Zone before jumping over to KSL, this story might sound a tad familiar and has a little bit to do with how I actually ended up at KSL. Without further ado, please welcome in former Utah punter and kicker, Hank Mondaka. Hank, how are you? I'm doing great, Michelle. I want to thank you very much for having me on and give me the platform to talk about what we do. Well, before we really dive into why I'm having you on here, I think we should go over the importance of networking and building strong relationships in whatever it is you choose to do in life. If I'm being honest, I'm probably not sitting where I am now without having met and built a relationship with you over the years. And when I said I was looking to upgrade my work situation a little over a year ago, you put me in contact with your former teammate, Scott Mitchell, who happens to work for KSL. He happened to put the bug in the ear of KSL sports director, Nate Dowdle, who, as it turned out, had already been scouting me out a little. And it was just a little bit of fuel needed to spark some action to bring me on. Uh Now, I know as a sports reporter and journalist on my end, relationships are everything to me, and I can't do my job if no one likes me or wants to deal with me. (laughs) (laughs) And for what you are doing with your organization, Athletes for Life, the same rules apply. Talk about your organization and how you've used your network to get it off the ground. Well, first of all, networking is so important. You, You never know when you might need to turn to a friend uh, for whatever. And I encourage the the young ones to start networking as soon as possible. And it's true. Don't ever burn bridges. Mm -hmm. You never know when you might need that, that person. Um, You just needed a little budge. That's all. That's a introduction here and, and, and little shove there. So I'm glad it worked out and you're on your way and you know, you you're doing it from here on out. And I think you're going to do a great job. 
Um, as far as networking goes for what Athletes for Life has done is it's given me the opportunity to fall back on some of my former uh, teammates mm -hmm. who have been former coaches in the past uh, to get them to come out and help out our cause. Um, and it's been tremendous. The, the, the feedback that we're getting and the participation um, has been tremendous and it's wonderful. And, it, and they're all Utah football players. So for people at home, the, the original story I did centered around the work that you and several former players, Dave Colody, Jeff Reyes, did for the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation, which is located in South Dakota. It's one of, I, I believe it still is the poorest Indian reservation in the country. I mean, but in order to kind of paint the picture of what this place is like, you know, talk talk to me what what was it like trying to get a small difference going in a place like that you know pine ridge is very unique it's the poorest county in the united states and the oh wow the unemployment rates up around 87 percent um there's nothing on the res there's no infrastructure um which then turns into despair and lack of hope and these kids that we wanted to help at Pine Ridge High School were a product of that environment. And um, they needed some, some guidance as well. They, they wanted to know that there was a little bit of hope after school, after sports, and that the connections that they make through athletics are going to be their lifelong friends. You know, it's tough there on the reservation because if you want to make it, if you want to, to really become something, you got to get off the reservation because of job opportunities, because of schooling, because of, of just to get away from that, that, that despair and lack of hope. Um, I, I still have wonderful relationships with those student athletes that, that I was there with four or five years ago. We still talk to this day and it, it's wonderful. You know, you want to give back uh, the best you can in, in, in the manner that you have and, but you never know what's going to come back. And it's so rewarding and so fulfilling. Um, you know, when we first started this thing, Dave Colody, uh, who played with me back in the mid 80s, um, <laughs> uh, he, I told him about it. He wanted to be a part right away. Mm -hmm. And he was a natural fit. Jeff Reyes, um, for those that don't know Jeff, you can imagine his excitement to be a part of this. And he's been, he's been tremendous. He's been wonderful. And those are ex-teammates of mine that, that have gone with me and, and again, they've, they have their own stories about what they've gotten back. Um, but to make a little bit of a difference for at least one kid, you know, that's what we're there for. And um, maybe I'll save some of the stories uh, in detail for our next uh, interview or the, the next episode. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, talk about that first breakthrough that you had at Pine Ridge, because it was an uphill battle. Uh, it, it took a couple of times of you guys showing up. They weren't necessarily that receptive there. What did it feel like for you guys to finally have people who live there begin to trust your intent, your intentions? Well, that's that's one great aspect of, of this whole project that we didn't see coming. Uh, the fact that several organizations um, have been to that reservation and have tried to make a difference in the past, and it, they never followed through. They'd go there for a year, they'd get government funding, whatever that was, and the community or the school or the players, the people just never saw them again. And so when they knew we were coming, 
I later found out that some of the parents and community were telling the kids, Hey, be careful, you know, here they come again, you know, don't, don't give them the time of day. They'll be gone the next year. Um, don't let them get your hopes up. Um, all the stuff that, that they've been living with for all this time. And so we really had to prove ourselves. We really had to instill trust, not only in the players and, and the coaches, but in the community as well. It was really neat the second and third year to go back and have to walk down the street and have people acknowledge you. You know, we wore our, our garb and um, it was very warm and, and very fulfilling. Again, one of those things you don't think you're gonna, you're gonna receive back. By the fourth and fifth year, they became friends. They would come out to practice. They would wait for us to come to the establishments for coffee or a sandwich. And they wanted to sit down and talk. Um, we would have barbecues to end the camp and they would all show up. It became a community event and, and it still is. And so, um, you know, it takes time and, and, and we can understand why, but we didn't foresee that coming. Um, in fact, some of the kids that I still have relationships now, they say, you know what? When they were telling us you were coming, you know, we, we, we believed them because it's happened in the past, but with you guys, it's different. You kept coming and you kept coming and you kept helping even, even in off season. And, uh, one of the guys told me on the phone, I'll never forget it. He says, you know, I trust you guys more than I trust my people. Hmm. And that says a lot. That, that's insane. Uh, that, that there's that kind of hard feelings, I guess, uh, amongst your own people. Um, the people that you're supposed to trust and and expect to protect and carry out and make sure that you're good. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. I, I think one of the coolest aspects of what you've done is you've grown this to a point where you were able to give you know a couple of scholarships away to some kids on the reservation to get out and experience life elsewhere. How are those kids doing, and what have they been up to since? They're doing great. Um, a couple of them are still in school. A couple of them have come back home uh, because remember, you know, these are young men who left with a two or three-year-old son or daughter. Mm -hmm. And so they came back. They, they found it very difficult to be away from their family. Um, but it's very, it's very rewarding, very fulfilling to know that number one, they're still alive because mm -hmm. that's a challenge there as well. And to see that they are making something of themselves, they are, are, are passionate about life there. You know, I don't know if it's the kid that was there before we got there or something we said to help them or just to turn their outlook around or to um, get, them, get them out of that mental state and looking forward because that's another tough project in, its, in itself. So it's very fulfilling, you know, the, the, the um, scholarships. Um, we, we love to do that. We love to help out. Um, the fees we pick, we've picked up in the past, we've paid for books, we've paid for, for courses where uh, some past uh, student athletes needed to get to graduate. We've, we've, we've helped them out as well. So we hope to continue that on. So Hank, I know you have a bit of an announcement to make here, but before you do, let's set it up <laughs> with a little bit of an adjacent question. Uh, you and I have talked a lot over the past six or so months about what it means to be a Ute in a Ute as a current or former athlete of Utah athletics. You know, there, there really does seem to be a strong sense of pride there from top to bottom. What has that meant to you personally? Great question. 
Um, so when I was there playing football for the University of Utah, we got a lot of pride in what we were doing. Um, our seasons were six and five, five and six, six and five, and so on and so forth. Um, but there was a, a sense of, of belonging. There was, a, there was a sense of family back then as well. Um, you meet people that who become your, your lifelong brothers and sisters. And so the, the emotional part probably didn't take effect right away until after I was gone and came back here to California to live. Um, the feeling of wanting to give back to help the school in any way you can and by whatever means you can. And um, to have that much pride to want to do that, um, it was very easy for myself and, and a couple of other guys that, that, um, that I, I have kept in contact with. And so we definitely want to give back. And so part of this um, venture to Pine Ridge, you know, we thought, hey, if we can make a difference here, why don't we try it in Utah? Why don't we see um, what we can make and become of the relationship between the University of Utah and the Ute Nation? And so maybe I'm jumping the gun, but I'm proud to announce that next month at the end of June, we're going to be coming to the Uinta Ore Reservation uh, on June 28th and 29th. And we're going to have a camp in conjunction with Union High School there in Roosevelt. Now, ask me that same question when we get back, <laughs> and it'll probably be a different expanded on answer. I guarantee it, because it's going to mean something very, very special to me. Not that Pine Ridge didn't, but you can understand the difference. And we're all looking forward to making a difference there, solidifying that relationship between the U and the youths. You know, what better way to, to give back than to the people whose emblem you wore, whose uh, show you watched at halftime. And I, I can't wait. I am very, very excited to get out there and start running around with, with the kids. We've invited Union. Like I said, I, I want to thank um, uh, the athletic director or coach, Jesse, and also coach, uh, the new head coach, uh, Coach Long. Um, they're excited for us to come and bring what we have, and we're going to do a little skills camp. We're also going to do some... Uh, uh, some community involvement. We're going to get the Lil Utes involved. For those of you who don't know, the Lil Utes Conference is a Pop Warner type football program. And uh, in meeting with the youth representatives, uh, they identified that they would like to see the youth uh, getting involved with athletics sooner. So we're going to start with some fifth and sixth graders, and we're going to um, invite them to come, come out and run around and play catch and do whatever they can do. Um, we're going to try and integrate the seventh and eighth graders into the high school. Um, we're going to try and get some of those high school athletes to befriend them and, and take them under their wing, um, maybe form a relationship so that they're not intimidated the first day of class or they're not intimidated to go out to any athletic sports. And that's what the, the whole camp is going to be about. Um, we have something special, too. Um, we've identified my old football player buddies, but um, I don't know for those of you who remember Back in the 1980s, Lisa Mitzel, <laughs> the all-American gymnast, um, she recently started a new venture, and it's called uh, Zen Tiger Mind, and it's all about mental health skills for the athletes. She's focused right now on youth gymnastics, but she's going to be there at the camp both days. We're going to give her a half hour, 40 minutes to talk to the players and coaches, 
And then we're going to also give her a half hour, 40 minutes to talk to the community and who else wants to listen. And so we, we put a big twist on, on that aspect. And um, we think it's going to be huge. Just, just, just tremendous. And isn't it uh, mental health awareness month is, isn't that what it is for May, correct? Yeah. For May. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, we're, we're kind of rounding the corner into June, but, but yes, no, it's always great mm -hmm. to talk about, you know, things that we're trying to raise a little more awareness on and mental health is certainly one of those things. Um, uh, you mentioned the little youths. Uh, I don't think anybody really knows this, but you actually did something really special last year for the little Utes. Uh, you got them tickets to the San Diego State game to go check out uh, the Ute Proud halftime show and be able to see their people interact with the University of Utah. What what was that situation like and how did that go? That was awesome. You know, um, thanks to our, our good friend, Sean Farrell. He was able to arrange a, a block of tickets, um, and I thought it'd be a great idea to invite those who who maybe haven't been a, out to see a game or who would like to see a game and see their community perform. And it was wonderful. They had brought a bus out. Um, we would have liked to have had a lot more participation, but the ones that went had a tremendous time, and they were very, very thankful for the trip. Um, they were very, very thankful, and and hopefully we'll be able to do it again this year to keep that interaction with the community involved. Um, in starting this venture with the, the Ute Reservation, people have asked me um, or have told me from the university, we'd really like to do a little bit more for them. So this is just a little step towards solidifying that relationship again. I think we've all seen, you know, Utah Athletics and the University of Utah in general making a greater effort to show unity with the Ute Tribe over the past decade with the Ute Proud Games. Better observe, excuse me, better observation of Native American History Month. You know, what do you hope this experience will help add to those efforts? Um, to bring awareness, to bring awareness to the university and those are who are interested in what really goes on in the reservation and, and, and the challenges that they have. Um, we didn't know what we were gonna cross when we went to the reservation. And so it's eye-opening. And through awareness, um, maybe they'll wanna give back somehow, some way, and whatever that means to them. Um, and to just build that relationship and keep, keep building upon that. And then for the youth community to come out and see the university that wears their emblem and, and is proud to, to represent that community to give them some pride to give them some some something to feel good about um even if it's just for a night at rice cycle stadium if people want to get involved or donate how can they do that um they can go to our website athletes the number four dot life we don't do the dot com athletes the number four dot life is our website and they can find out a little bit more about our cause. Um, we are getting ready to unleash uh, a tremendous, wonderful marketing campaign across the social sites. So you'll be seeing us there. Um, and my personal contacts and, and relationships, I'll, I'll be contacting you just to make you aware of what we're doing, when we're doing. And um, we're hoping that your participation, Michelle, will definitely help. Well, 
I, I am certainly looking forward to that. And so I guess I will go ahead and kind of make the announcement. I, I'm proud to say that KSL will be covering this heavily. Uh, I will be spending those two days up on the reservation covering and volunteering any way I can help. Uh, and we are very, very excited to be involved in helping tell such a unique and important story to our sports community. Before I let you go, Hank, I, I think this question deserves to be asked as well. We often talk about Kyle Whittingham's impact on the community, Ron McBride's impact on the community. You came from the Jim Fassel era and he gets a lot of hate in, in many, many ways, but I know that the guys that played for him have the utmost respect for him. Talk about him and the influence he's had on you and some of your former teammates. Well, I don't want anybody to forget that those three years under Coach Stobart, we were six and five, five and six, six and five. Jim Fossil's first year, we were eight and three. So there was automatic respect right then and there. Did things a little bit differently, um, obviously. Um, he meant a lot to the program. He he took it to the next level. He took it to the next step. And um, man, you, you just can't thank somebody enough for doing something like that. Um, Ron McBride was the offensive line coach at that time. Um, and what can you say about Mac? He's just, they don't build him like him anymore. And I love the man dearly and his wife, Vicky as well. Um, you know, the, it, it is tremendous for an, a former athlete to see where this program is today compared to when we played the facilities, the personnel, the coverage, um, just Everything about it makes us very, very proud of where we came from. Well, Hank, thank you so much for jumping on and giving a little teaser as to what's coming. We're actually going to be doing a few more things uh, as soon as more information becomes available as to some of the things that are going to be going on with this camp. So we can't wait right. for the next phase in the next week or two. Right. I want to um, thank Coach Whittingham for his support. Mm -hmm. He thinks this is a tremendous effort on our behalf and he supported us and please stay tuned because um, he might be sending a couple players or coaches out there to help us out. Well, to be named later. Yes. Yes. Uh, we will have that announcement uh, as soon as, as soon as we can, probably in the next week or two again. So, Fantastic. <laughs> there you have it. Hank Mondaka, part of the Jim Fassel era, teammates with our very own Scott Mitchell and founder of Athletes for Life. That will do it for Crimson Corner this week. Until next time, go Utes. Go Utes. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor... 
you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.